I think you're right. I think it is the afternoon. No, it's still the morning. Oh, laughter is good for the soul. Ah, um, this morning, uh, my name is Vivian, and we're going to have uh, somewhat of a two-part message. I'm going to, I'm trying to get used to this, I'm going to bring the first part of the message and then our self-proclaimed bouncer, is that what you called yourself? What? <laughs> he's going to come and kind of um, wrap it up for us, and he's going to be helping me today. Amen? Um, I heard on the television this morning that um, sort of traditional churches for the month of October celebrate Pastor's Appreciation Month. So stand up, Pastor Chris, please. We appreciate you today. And those of you that have made Communitas your home and her your pastor, go up to her after and give her a word of appreciation or give her a hug, okay? Craig, too, um, he's also our pastor. She's our lead pastor. But let's appreciate them today. So I'm not going to be um, long with you today. Um, let's say a brief prayer, and then I'll um, give a little message. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your inspired word. Come, Holy Spirit, help me now. As we look at your word and look at a message for all of us today, come fresh and new today. And I thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So the title of the message um, would be, huh? I'm sorry? Huh? Oh. <laughs> would be press on, okay, to take Hold. And the full uh, title uh, scripture would be uh, from the scripture verse Philippians 3.12 where Paul writes, not that I had or have already obtained or some versions say attained all of this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold for that which Jesus Christ took hold of me. The King James uses that we would apprehend what we've been apprehended for. I believe Paul wrote this passage of scripture from such a place of maturity, which is actually humility. Paul was letting it be known that he had not already arrived. And personally, I would have expected Paul to have believed he had conquered all spiritual difficulties and to have seen himself as having arrived at near perfection. Yet he assured us that this was not the case. The man who traveled tens of thousands of miles spreading the gospel the man who wrote 
the majority of the New Testament and was responsible for returning for turning Christianity into a worldwide faith open to all had to press on. When I was growing up, my mother would have one of her sisters come to our home to help with different chores in the house. One of the chores was ironing. Our aunt would come to our home to iron the sheets and some of my father's shirts, but they would call it pressing. They would press the clothes. They would press the sheets. And to the degree my aunt, or sometimes even my mother, would exert pressure on the iron was the degree of the outcome of the items, sheets, or clothing. You pressed hard, and you got a good-looking sheet or a good-looking shirt. You pressed maybe not so lightly, maybe not so hard. You pressed lightly. That's the outcome of what you got. So here's another little visual. This would be the example of the item not pressed very hard. And this would be an example of the item that was pressed hard. <laughs> and you might be wondering why I am talking about that. Well, I actually asked a couple of friends because there's a, there's a spiritual significance to taking hold and pressing on, and even in the practical. So I asked my pastor and my friend what pressing on looked like to her in any area of her life. And she explained to me that some days she had to put one foot in front of the other and press on and push through, even in her relationship with God, even in her prayer life. And it would be hard, but she would press on. She would press through. And then I was at a service a couple of days ago, and I asked another friend, what does pressing on look like in your life? And she said, garlic. And I said, huh? And she said when she thinks of pressing, because she worked in the food services at the Bowery Mission, and she said, and at the Walter Hoving Home, when you want to press garlic, you want to get the best out of it. So you press hard. You put the clove in the garlic press, and you press hard, and the best would come out through these little holes. She said in her life, as an ex-heroin addict, she didn't believe life could get any better. She was content with being pretty miserable until the day somebody did an outreach and told her about going into a Christian program and obtaining help. Did she begin to press on in her life? Friends, please have the mindset that in whatever area of our lives that we need to press on, that it would be a lifelong long vision 
for your life, that you wouldn't be complacent with where you are right now, but you'd press on. Paul, um, the writer of, the, of that passage, had been following Jesus for many, many years, yet was able to share, again, how he had pressed on. Please continue to discover what God is up to in your lives, to the vision he has for your lives, and know, as Paul did, that there's much more to come. I have a job right now, but I want to apprehend, I want to press on and apprehend what I've been apprehended for. It may be much more than just the work that I do, working with women and helping women. So I want to press on. And sometimes I believe I may have gotten a little complacent, a little comfortable in what I do from day to day. There's even a process for olives that go through an olive press, especially the purest form of olive, virgin olive oil, in order to have the very best olive oil, the olives have to be pressed, sometimes even cold pressed. A coworker of mine said, in everything there is a process for things to be refined. To press or to press on when there's something possibly preventing your advancement or preventing you from going forward, well, you got to push through that stuff. Press temptations aside. Press through obstacles. Press past doubt and fear, discouragement. If people have spoken certain things over your lives and you still hear those messages, you got to press past that. My prayer is that all of you sitting here today would take hold of, would press on and take hold of what you have been taken hold of for. It doesn't matter your education background. It doesn't matter your age. You still have something to do or something to give. When I was praying about those of you here, and some of you are like me in our 60s, but there's stuff for you to do out there. You, even if you've come in here with a walker or some, a wheelchair, it doesn't matter what. There are people that need a word of encouragement. There are hospitals that may need you to go and say, can I go and pray for people today? Ask God what he's apprehended you for. Craig, come on up, Craig. God has a wonderful, wonderful plan for your lives. So Craig is going to kind of finish this message and uh, come on up, Craig. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> is it, before I do that, is it true that you're going to press all of our clothes today? I will, yes. Okay. I will be standing in the back for a small to, uh, fee. I think that for, to be a really good illustration, don't you think to be a really good illustration you'll never forget? <laughs> That she should iron her clothes. So, well, I, Vivian, I think that was really huh? fantastic. Um, it's, but it, you know, the the reality is like, where do you find the question I would have is where do you find the strength to press on when you feel so beaten down? 
because we know what she's saying is right. Like you, you have to, if you give up, there's no hope, right? So how do you, how do you find that, that grain of hope or just the ability to make that decision to press on when it feels like it's insurmountable what you're facing? You know, Paul wrote that from prison. So this wasn't like fairy tale, you know, easy stuff for him. He had been imprisoned for a period of time and yet he still, he still had one singular purpose and that is to spend his life in a way that would um, glorify God, that would have the maximum impact. So I think what I want to do is just, um, in, in a few minutes, try to give you a, a vision of what could be with your life. Because that's where hope is going to be found. Um, you know, I, one of the things I love, having been here long enough, is that I see men like Charles, who was in the Port Authority for 30 years doing crack, and if, you know, not, his family all gave up hope on him completely. Um, and yet, his mom had a stroke, and his dad is in a, um, has been in and out of a care facility, and the son who's now helping to care for them is Charles at this late stage of their life when they had said there's no hope for him. So there is always hope. There is always hope. If you get up and talking to James this morning, James, are you awake? James, brother? Okay, just making sure. Um, that, uh, you know, I said, how's your day? And he said, he said basically, if I get up, my eyes open, my heart's beating, and there's lungs in my, air in my lungs, and it's a good day because I have the possibility of today, whatever might happen. So to realize that, that there is a tomorrow, and, and it can be different, and that God has a vision for you. And that's the, that's the part, to me, that I'd like to just have you try to get a hold of. See, now, the bouncer left the door and went out, went out the door. So, you know, I'm sorry, I can't be two places at one time. That's all right. Vivian, Vivian's a pretty tough bouncer, too. So... So just, I, I just want to have you take a few minutes to, to think about what Vivian shared with us, which is if, if you know God, he has taken a hold of you for a purpose. And our job is to take a hold of that purpose. And that purpose may be something you can't even imagine. Um, I've said before uh, quite a few times that one of the... Um, I think misdirections in Christianity is that we've made it too much about what happens when you die. That's really important, right? But any of you dead right now? Nope. So you're alive. So what, what is the gospel message? What does Christianity have to say about what you do between now and the day that you die? And we don't know if that day is today, any of us, or it's 30 years from now. But there's a span of time that... God is up to something. And when Jesus was um, doing his ministry, the two words that he said to people when he met them, he didn't say, believe in me. He said, follow me. Well, where are you going, Jesus? I'll follow you, but where are you going? He says, well, you've got to follow me to find out. And you'll discover that. And that's where the adventure is. That's where the hope is found. I, I believe that Jesus has a vision for every one of you, for your life. He, he made you. He knows what you're capable of far beyond what you know you're capable of. He knows the possibilities that are there if you follow him, but it's actually in following him. So that pressing on, Paul said in, in Philippians, he said, I want to know him. In other words, his, his pursuit was of Jesus. He's following Jesus, but he wanted to pursue more and more. Um, this is going to be a really bad illustration because it's going to make a lot of you guys jealous, but I got a call uh, late Friday afternoon saying, basically the person said, follow me, I got something for you. And, and he said, find a couple other people. 
So I made a bunch of phone calls. Tuan, that's why I called you. I forgot you were down in Lancaster. Called Harry. He was tied up with something. Uh, I didn't call Peter. <laughs> but the opportunity was when I, when I actually followed him, and if I had not followed him, here's what I would have missed. It was a preseason game for the Knicks. And that's good enough, but it was actually to get into my seat, I had to walk under the basket on the floor and sit right under the, in the basket. My feet were actually on the floor. I was sitting next to a player from the Washington Wizards who was about that tall. And during timeouts, I would stand up on the floor and act like I was something. You know, here I am with the Knicks. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm their secret point guard that they're going to bring in. Now, so, like, I had no idea when, when I got the tickets that I was going to be sitting on the floor in Madison Square Garden just like this, and the basket's about right where you are. And I'm watching the players come at me. In fact, one time the ball got hit out of bounds and I grabbed it. I was kind of hoping it was like baseball. I get to keep it. But, but the referee insisted I give it back to him. So, so, you know, that was one little step to go, and then I found this amazing thing happen. Now, I'll never, never, I'll never go to see a game again because that's like Nirvana. It's like I'll be up in the nosebleeds next time. But you think about um, when Jesus said, follow me, what do you think he might have in mind for you? He apprehended you with his love. And we know that if you've put your trust in Jesus, that your, your forever future is secure. But what's the vision? And I suspect that not many here this morning have much vision for your life. You're just in survival mode, many of you, just trying to survive. But I want you to try to have eyes of faith to see beyond that. That you have hidden talents, or maybe they're not hidden. You have skills, abilities. You have impact with your life. Everyone is meant to be an influencer. And you, can, you influence when you follow Jesus in the niche that he calls you to. Um, I just want you to dare to believe that there's something way, way more beyond. One of my favorite verses, because it invites, invites us to use our imagination. In Philippians, uh, I'm sorry, Ephesians 3, at the end of a prayer that Paul's making, he says this. Now, to him, God, who is able to do immeasurably or exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or imagine. Now, so God doesn't just say, just ask for something. He says, imagine. And he goes, and don't just imagine. Exceedingly abundantly. So in your wildest dreams, what, do you, what imagination do you have of what your life could be? And I'm not talking about living in a big mansion and driving a nice car and all of that. I'm talking about impact with your life, a life that when you get to your final breath, you say, wow, I had no idea. Because I, I have a little bit of that um, now, because just standing here in this, in this place with you, to feel that this is the highest calling that God has given me. But when Chris and I left Michigan, we were in, we were in a church of 1,500 people uh, each service, We 10,000 people, this church. Um, and people would think, well, that's the pinnacle. You've reached that. No, this is. Amen. This is where I feel more alive, more connected with God, more used by God than any place that I've been. Amen. We never have imagined it. You tell me I'm going to live in New York City? Like 15 years ago, I would have said, they'll have to tie me and drag me here. <laughs> but then when God said go, and then life opened up, and then every now and then you get a little perk, like sitting in Madison Square Gardens. It's a great city. But this is where God has called me. So God has, I just want you, I mean, I wish I knew each of your names right now and I could call you out.
but I'm going to look at all of you right now. I'm going to look at, try to look at every one of you, and even the one sleeping, <laughs> and say, God, God has a plan for your life, and you're going to need, need to be awake for it, by the way, but he has something for you. He has, he has a positive image for you, a, a positive future for you. He has something for you. It's going to be different for every one of us. It's not one we create. It's one we discover. You discover it as you pursue him. So again, Vivian's message was you press on so that you can discover that. So don't give up hope. Don't be discouraged. Don't just throw in the towel, as they say. One day at a time, press, press, press. Because no one wants to be the wrinkled shirt, right? We want to be the shirt neatly pressed. We want to discover what it is. It's kind of like we say, we want, we want no stone left unturned, no thing undone in our life, because you only get one life. You don't get a do-over. So at the end of it, you pressed on and discovered all that was there, all that God had in mind for you. And all of that, you know, the songs we sang today remind us that all of that are done in the context of a God who loves you. So you will stumble. You will get wrinkled shirts some days. You will not discover all of it. And God's there with us, picking us up and say, keep going, keep going, keep going. And that's what we say to each other. We encourage, keep going, keep going, keep going. So, um, Tuan, you got another song for us? Let's, um, let's finish up and lift our voices to God. And if you're not inclined to sing, then just let the words wash over you. Just, just allow the truth of what we're singing to penetrate your heart um, and bring us to God and bring us to him, okay? So God, just um, in these final moments, uh, just allow us to connect with you and connect with the hope that you have for us. In your name, amen. Thank you.